Hey everyone, Jay here. I just wanted to say that we've got some really cool artwork for this episode, so you're going to want to click through to the show notes to check out the full version of the image, which we'll be showing in your podcatcher right now. Our thanks go out to Yuri Keynes on Twitter for working with us to create this piece of art. Squidge here. Just a quick thing before we start the show, you may notice that the contents in the section What Have You Been Playing Recently sounds outdated. This is because the release schedule for the episodes was changed and this episode had to be pushed back for a while. Anyway, on with the show. What is that? Hey, 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 what, what are you doing? What are you doing? What? What? Um, no, no. What are you doing? Ah, you're here. Come check this out. Uh, I spent all day on this. We're about to record and you're hammering something. Look, 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 look at this. Right, it took me all day to make. I've had to improvise, but I constructed what looks like a treasure box. Six panels of MDF and a hinge. That took you all day. Yeah, but uh, I make programs, not boxes. But, but, I got it going. Look, look, look. Is that glowing? Oh, yeah! I knew this would happen. I got told if I finished it off, I'd find hidden gems inside. Who told you? It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Let's just have a look at what's inside, right? No way! Dun, dun, dun. But, but I, I, I was told... Ah, sod it. Let's just do the podcast with Gene. Come on. Welcome to another episode of the Waffling Tailors, coming to you live from my um, uh, dungeon, by the looks of it. Um, oh, but actually, that's it, right. But actually, it's my basement, and it's not really uh, fit for human consumption yet, but hopefully it will be at some point um, after the great... I've got to stay you say it's a dungeon. Now <laughs> <laughs> hmm. you come to mention it. Yeah. It's the first word I could think of when I think of... Walls that have fallen to pieces, a dead plant in the corner, a rock band um, Nintendo Wii uh, keyboard, some random carpeting that's just thrown at one side, and no floors. That's the first thing. Can, can, can you talk us through the um, the influences behind this aesthetic? It sounds like um, my old gaming career. David Hockney. That's the. Sounds, sounds like <laughs> sounds like Jay's got some very, um, shall we say, specialist uh, peccadillos. <laughs> he hired a feng shui hack to come in and go yeah it's put a good plan i just nice no, i hired a block called feng shui i was fooled by the uh by the actual advert he's actually a <laughs> private investigator <laughs> did he stand around in the garden looking at your hedge for three days no that's a private investigator got all of the old classics love yes that gag. yeah love it yes but what yes, are we doing? Uh, yes. <laughs> So, in case you haven't realised, there are three of us involved in this episode. There is, as always, my good pal, my brother, the awesome man that is Squidgy. How are you, Squidgy? Feed line again. Hello, Squidgy. Hello, Squidgy. Hello, Squidgy. Hello, Squidgy. How are you, Squidgy? I'm a magpie. 
<laughs> That's some deep personal cuts right there. And but also also with this <laughs> back this time again for the the tenth appearance on the podcast, which is pretty, pretty good, considering that at the time of recording we only have seventy six that are released live. Um he's been on the show nine times. Um and I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to press on on this intro anymore. But he has been um, on the show more than anyone else, and he is one of our most repeated guests. Um, it is G hashtag. Don't call me Audrey. I love that dramatic pause there. Like uh, you definitely weren't trying to remember what to call me. <laughs> Mate, I've got it written down here. I was. Just, I was professionalism to... at its finest. I was, was struggling to read what I was doing. That's, that's why I was. He was trying to read. Showing My pink time spiked. That's what it was. Not everyone can read. You don't have to show off. <laughs> oh dear! Not everyone in Kirkland can. Anyway, anyway. Um, but <laughs> what we're actually going to be talking about today? We're going to be doing a twofer. Um, hopefully, if uh, if G can stick around for long enough, we're going to be Still doing fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> a multi-part episode, if that's if that's okay with him. But um, we are hopefully going to be talking about hidden gems and what that actually means in this context. Uh, context and um, the the wonderful ways in which you can build different characters and play a game that is essentially the same thing, but the whole experience changes, right? But before all of that, we're actually just going to do a quick brief rundown of what we've been playing recently. So, Squidge. What have you been playing? I've been playing the, of time of recording, I've been playing the uh, new event in Borderlands 3, which is Revenge of the Cartel, which is quite good, but it's the same mission over and over and over again. And obviously there's unlockables, there's stuff to do, but when you're playing as a character like I am, so I'm, I'm starting a flat character, and it levels with you. So once you unlock the ability to go there via fast travel, via a mission, all the le- all the enemies are the same level as you, so you can level up quickly. And um, I've got my Guardian ranks up, so rare items drop easier. So I've got some really good weapons from it, but it consists of you talk to Maurice, who's a dinosaur in uh, Sanctuary 3, and it turns out he's got one of his claws broken because he didn't know cheating in a poker game was a bad thing. Of course. Fair. No, sorry, it's not that. He said uh, he didn't realise that when you win at the poker game, you're not supposed to eat your opponent because that's what happens in his culture. You win, you eat the person that you're fighting against. Exactly, and, also fair. Yeah, <laughs> and he got his right claw broken and he was he, he, he says to you, go there. Um, punish the man who accused me of cheating. Um, and that's essentially, it's the same mission. All you've got to do is you you start the mission, you go about your normal tasks, you collect 30 miscellaneous items, which is either a decoder ring or a decoder ring. Um, then you go back to Sanctuary, you go to this palace, which is, it's essentially, if you imagine, if you've seen the movie Scarface, where mm. where the guy lives, Mm-hmm. You go into like that mansion, you assault that mansion, there's a lot of guards, and inside there's piles of purple dust, which if you shoot or break, you get iridium from, but there's tons of it all over the place. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like a an early 1980s drug baron's palace. You you find a mask from somewhere, you go down a lift, boss battle, rinse repeat, and it's kind of good because I'm leveling up fast, but it's very samey. 
But it is fun because one of the rifles you get from it is really powerful. Um, I recently discovered how good the, um, is it a Hellstriker pistol in Borderlands 3? Something like that. It's a very, it's a Malawan pistol. It's a, a rare Malawan pistol and you can switch between shock and um, fire damage. And it fires that fast that I had a level 13 gun and I took it all the way to the boss to the end of the, the game. Just that um, pistol. I believe Hell it shocker. actually, yeah, it fires um, actually alternating elemental damage rather than switching between it just does it one mm. bullet arc one arc listen to me you can tell what i play most of the time one <laughs> bullet one bullet shock one yeah. bullet incendiary um uh, yeah a friend of mine had it and kept on finding repeated ones when we did the handsome jack dlc mm. and i kept on getting his cast offs and i can understand why he was rocking that thing because it's a monster Rapid yeah. fire, decent clip size, and it just obliterates, really. It's it's definitely helpful with the the science event as well. You do a bit of a bit of the uh, the candy flaps game or whatever it's called. <laughs> you do that a bit, get a high score, get some points, get an hour's worth of increased rare drops. Fight Giga Mind a couple of times; it'll drop, and then you've got a leveled. Um, Hell, whatever the hell it was. And yes, I said candy flaps. I don't know what it's called. I'm genuinely worried that we'll have to censor that. <laughs> I'm not. I haven't censored it in the fort before. It's staying in. Fair enough. Everyone likes a bit of candy flaps. That I'm going to send. Moving swiftly on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, since since yesterday, since since we recorded last, I've just been playing that. Yes. Um, so So that's all you've been playing then, Switch? Pretty much, yeah. Level up characters. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Would you recommend to Borderlands players that they try out this mission that you've been doing? It's sort of recommended for if you're at top level. Mm-hmm. If you're at top level and you've already completed it once, it adds a feature from the item menu where you can switch on Mayhem mode. You don't have to go to Sanctuary. And in Mayhem mode is where most of the unlockables come from. Okay. So you got to do a lot of it on Mayhem mode to get the unlockables. Uh but it's uh, yeah, I would recommend it. It's free. It's it's a timed event, so it's still like the end of June, I think. So by the time this goes out, it'll probably be over. But yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it's it's definitely a good one. By the time this goes out, it won't be that long till the uh, the Halloween thing comes up, and I never played that one, so that should be fun to play. Okay, for the first time. That's fair enough. That's but yeah, I've just been playing that. I I didn't know who Maurice was, so I'm assuming this happened before because it's like Cartel: The Revenge. He just I, I booted up Borderlands 3 one day and there was this talking dinosaur with no context. And I'm assuming it's to do with the cartels. Was he not there originally? No, not 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 from the start, no. How peculiar. Because obviously as a I I was a, a relatively late adopter of three due to my um misgivings about its um original location on the PC. Um <laughs> But when it came to Steam, um, obviously jumped straight in. And by that point, Maurice was already prowling about, chattering away. I did not realize he was not an original item. Maybe this is a real-world instance of the uh, the Mandela effect. Dun-dun-dun. So that's how you've been playing this, Bridge? Pretty much. 
I mean, what can I say? We recorded yesterday, so I'm... Well, yeah, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) So what about you, G? What have you been playing in the the weeks and months since we last uh, talked? I can guess. Okay, guess. Either Borderlands 3 or Destiny 2. Um, Well, (laughs) well, Destiny 2 is currently on a bit of a hiatus. Is it sitting in Yeah, kind of, at the moment. <laughs> um, the latest season has proven to be what many players are suggesting would be um, politely a bit lacklustre and uh, full of repeated content and in particular reference to the long-awaited return of Trials, which was the top-tier PvP um, Crucible event, full of hackers, (laughs) honestly, (laughs) to the point where they have, um, they they recently, Bungie puts out, this week at Bungie, their their weekly update, um, and in specifics to Destiny, there was a beautiful announcement, um, which a lot of players will really be happy with, which is simply that the idea behind Trials, for anyone who doesn't know, is it's uh, it's like a, a the UFC tournament of old, where it was all done in a day. Kind so, of like a gauntlet, isn't it? Yeah, you, ha- you have, um, you're given, um, in air quotes, a card. Um, and you run seven um, games, and the idea is to win all seven of your games in a 3v3 um, PvP arena. And if you win all seven, go perfect, sorry, flawless, uh, then you go to the lighthouse, a special area. You get access to weapons that you can't get via any other means in the game. And because in destiny 2 you can only trade weapons across your own account you can't unlike with borderlands you can't chuck weapons at each other left right and center so you can only gain access to weapons that you have access to and i'm gonna say it's not entirely their fault they were under a lot of pressure to have trials return um it was something that had previously been in the game and was removed and players have been whining about it ever since. I'm not very big on PvP stuff, so I don't really care. But what has become very apparent, um, especially since the switch across to Steam from Battle.net, is the vast amount of cheat accounts that have been put on um, and now with the trials having been out for just a matter of weeks, um, the fact that you can get the base game and get access to trials for free has just seen a massive influx of people essentially turning their low-level characters into orbital platforms mm-hmm. using low-level gear that fires like rocket launchers that is a machine gun um, <laughs> with infinite lives, which is within uh, within trials. You have um, limited respawn ability. Um, 
Uh, it, yeah. It's just been a nightmare. And every time one account gets banned by these uh, people creating evidence of their cheats to sell, because that's what's going on, essentially. It's um, people putting together footage to prove that their cheat works, their aimbot works, their um, item and skill hack works. So, the, so you can have infinite super, you can have infinite heavy ammo, which you can only get when the when the ammo pack is ready. Blah blah blah. Um, you you can have a white tier, which for anyone who does RPG will know is essentially the most common level of gear that you can find. The most basic. You can have white tier weapons that fire better than any of the best exotics, um, and just obliterate the other team um and then everybody's getting a bit salty about it the footage gets uploaded to bungo bungo do the the proper thing and ban the account but because you can get the game for free they just make another account and it's been a real real problem across trials at the moment um however what they have done is they have announced this week just a, a couple of days ago in fact um that from now on, anybody caught riding the coattails of a hacker is considered guilty by association. So no more is it going to be the, again in air quotes, the the white crime. You know, the, the innocent, it, I didn't do anything myself, I just sat at the map and didn't let them kill me. Um, and then I got a ton of loot. Um, that's not going to happen. If you're in a match, um, you can either take the hit personally and just quit the match, or you can finish out the match and then leave the fire team because it's not um, match made. So you will not, um, you have to go in as a team. Uh, you don't get automatically assigned teammates. Um, so yeah, you now have to basically, you, you must depart the team. Otherwise, you are considered an accomplice and your account's going to get banned. Um, and that's a good thing. Um, the story content of what's been going on in Destiny has been okay, and it is kind of slowly ramping up, but it is, whilst it moves faster than some things in Destiny, it's still feels very slow at the moment we've got lots of things happening with bunkers and the war mind which is a super ai that's supposed to help us blah 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 um but it, whilst the story is there not much is actually happening for us the player yeah um so i've taken it to a back burner now. I, I still pop on every now and again. We've got the Guardian Games has just started this week as of recording, so it'll be well over by the time it comes out. Um, but it's essentially Bounty Grinder, the game at the moment. Um, so having spotted um, in a sale that um, Arkham Knight was on a vastly reduced price, I purchased it for a good friend, Nathan, uh, because he hasn't played it yet. And he's just been playing through Arkham City. And the Arkham games are close to my heart. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I, I've um, been subjected to many messages from him because there are little in-game 
um, challenges that you can do to scores against your friends, essentially. And I was about the only person I knew that was playing the game, so I wasn't trying very hard. And then Nathan's got it and instantly thought that that was a, a real thing. And has just been sending me screenshots of his uh, of his scores, and I've gone back to it. And not only just been within a day, I'd done one of his challenges. So, ha, ha, ha. But you still haven't beaten it, Nathan. Um but yes, I've actually gone back to it and restarted the entire campaign from scratch as well. Because previously I was doing the old New Game Plus and running around and just having finished the game, got all the upgrades and all the shenanigans and just running around having fun beating up people. Um, you do? <laughs> yeah, but now I've actually gone back and done the game again from scratch. And it's it's obviously quite telling that I may have played the games a little too much because at one point I was wondering why I couldn't do a specific move in Batman's list. Indeed. <laughs> and my bad. That's my phone. You horror. Um, anyway, no, it's, it's quite telling that I may have played the game a bit too much. I was trying to do a specific move within Batman's repertoire, and I just could not seem to figure out why I couldn't do it. And then I... I'm almost embarrassed to admit this. I accidentally opened... <laughs> the Wayne Tech upgrades chart and realized I had over 30 upgrade points unspent and I just hadn't been using any skills because I <laughs> hadn't got them. I was just doing basic fighting when I was in the combat scenarios. Like, Why am I not able to do blade dodges? I'm sure you used to be able to just disarm the guy at the end of it. And I, I know you can. Why is this not working? And yeah, then I, I, I and it was genuinely an accident that I even opened the skills chart. <laughs> I was trying to click on um, one of the icons on the map that was just a fraction too close to the Wayne Tech um, symbol. And yes, suddenly I realized in the in the top of my screen, it said I had 30-something skill points unspent. Now I can do blade disarms, obviously. So, yeah, that's been quite fun. And it's been a real joy to revisit as well. So what you're saying is you could have quite have easily, if you hadn't clicked that, you could have done a run with no upgrades. Uh, potentially, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'd done, like, three or four basic upgrades. Um, mostly it was the Batmobile upgrades I'd done. The armor upgrades on the Batmobile because the Bat Tank. Yeah, when you're chasing down those APCs, I find that they have a lot of the time they have a vastly superior ability to get lock on on me than I do on them, which is mm. honestly just really annoying. Um, so <laughs> yeah, give the Batmobile a ton of health. Cheers. <laughs> um, so yes, I've been playing that a lot and. Borderlands 3. Um, I've taken a few days off it, but yes, I have been playing that relentlessly since uh, since getting it. So, rapidly hit max level on my first character, then went into Mayhem 4 without doing Mayhems 1, 2, or 3. Uh, yeah, I'm sure that went swimmingly, that. 
Well, it kind of did because I was going in with um, two friends, one of whom is playing Moe's and has this absurd grenade mod with a skill that essentially allows them to spam infinite grenades forever. I know the mod. <laughs> yeah, I know the mod. Um, so for me, most of the game at that point devolved from a, a sort of active looter shooter to just sort of running from one pile of uh, loot to the next whilst trying to determine whether the grenade warning that I was seeing on the screen was an actual enemy grenade or just it telling me that my friend's grenades were flying through the air right close to me. <laughs> um, sort of stick behind them. <laughs> yeah, essentially. It, so I think that was part of the reason why I took a couple of days away from it. Um, and, you know, obviously the, the joy of thrashing Nathan's scores. <laughs> um, so, yeah, those are the two that I've been playing the most, I think. Mm. Excellent, excellent. I feel like it's going to end up being a Borderlands heavy list um, because I, uh, as of last night, give you that idea. <laughs> as of last night, this will this definitely age the episode. Um, yesterday, I noticed that one of the humble bundles was a two K based bundle, and I was like, "Oh wow, I can get Borderlands two and the pre sequel as part of their top tier," and it lists all uh, all DLC. Hopefully you can hear those bunny cuts. But um, actually what they mean is all of the DLC up to 2017, which doesn't cover all of the DLC. So I went, you know what? I'm just going to buy Borderlands, the pre-sequel, and play through it. Oh, wait, I can get it with the, like, the season pass and everything. So I was like, yep, I'll do that, please, and got that. And I sat there for a good two hours and was just running around on the moon shooting stuff. It's uh, loads of fun. And I have to say, right, Caution, this bullet flies really fast in space. I just, it's those little touches that just make everything fantastic, right? When you first start the game, you've got to go rescue Jack, and he's like, don't worry, I'm just bleeding to death. I'll just hold my internal organs in. <laughs> Genius. <laughs> he's superb. So, so good. On, yeah. Honestly, Jack has to be on my, my the very near the summit of my top bad guys for all games he, he <sighs> perfection frankly in <laughs> fact looks, he may be to hate him. i don't even hate him i don't either it's just you love to love him that's the thing yeah. it's a d but you love him for yeah. it <laughs> i mean i remember when the borderlands 2 was being um trailered up hyped up for everything and and you know, he was the main feature at the end was him with his army of robots. And I was initially, I was nonplussed. Who the hell is he? I thought he was mm. new to this franchise. Made no sense to me. I'm not really big on following like the corporations. I know like from some of the groups that I'm in, people have like, um, they do whole games where they only use gear from one of the specific manufacturers. Oh, right. Which I find bizarre and horrifying because what's the <laughs> point of having a bazillion t7 guns if you can only use them from one of the seven is it seven manufacturers six or seven yeah, you, like you've got like you've got the five standard ones and then you've mm. got extra ones aren't you exactly there's just too much fun to be had um and it's always been a, a, a feature 
of the games was the amount of too much that you could have. Um, but yeah, Jack rocks up in the trailer. I was like, who the hell are you? <laughs> You're nobody. And then Borderlands 2 came out. And I was rapidly, rapidly educated as a, precisely who the hell Jack is. And he's amazing. It, honestly, he's probably the best villain in any of the games that I've played because he's just so horrible <laughs> and yet incredibly funny. And yes, Butt Stallion, <laughs> for God's sakes, how many years was Butt Stallion says hello? My message tone on my phone. Same here. Must be about four. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. Which made a lot of people that I work with look at me very confused every time they went on. <laughs> what you're saying is I should have been texting you more whilst you were at work, right? You was. You was anyway. <laughs> no, I mean, even more. Like, instead of sending a whole message, should have sent each message was a sentence or each message was a word. Oh, <laughs> That's what Ike does, don't. <laughs> yeah. you, you don't you, right. when, when Ike texts me, if I don't get back to him, he waits two minutes, yeah, yeah. all right? And then... He'll start counting from one. <laughs> but it'll, it'll go one, send, two, send, three, send. So by the time you're reading it and you're trying to type, he's just counting up to a point where you've got to ring him to tell him to stop. He was telling me that he was doing it to someone and he got to 250 before he got a phone call. And it was them screaming at him saying, would you stop it? <laughs> he got to 12 with me. And then I just didn't look at my phone. And then I turned up in front of him, and he kept going. I was stood in front of him, and he kept texting. Me. <laughs> I'm here. You can stop it. Well, I'm in too deep now. Would you stop it? I'm committed to the role. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so, yeah, have you been finding pre-sequel? Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, I've, I've, I've not, not very far into it. Uh, I have been playing for two, two and a bit hours, but it is a case of uh, getting sort of reacclimated to the whole thing. And uh, I think I was saying off air, you know, I picked Nisha because I was like, cowboy type character? Yeah, all right. And uh, yeah, that, that wonderfully stupid ability that she has. You hit the F key or whatever key you, you've mapped it to on your controller or whatever. It goes into like the special mode. And there's this like twangy guitar sort of cowboy, almost totally not um, the good, the bad, and the ugly in the background. And if you hold down the alt key, I've found, so on the on the PC, it's the right mouse button. It sort of zips between each of the enemies. So you don't even have to aim. You just like spam the fire button and just kill them. It's, it's genius. I, I've I've actually found myself waiting until that's filled up and that, that bar is filled up and then running into an area full of enemies just to keep doing yeah. it. Loads yeah. of fun. Just, just, just give it. her a rapid-fire laser it. and then it just becomes yeah. every stormtrooper's worst nightmare because it's, <laughs> it's just a lesson in dead eye. It's horrible mm. and amazing. I loved it. Yeah. Loved it. Um, do let me know when precisely you realise the, the 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 exact moment when you realise that you really really hate pickle and Eliza. Mm. 
they were probably oh. the thing that turned me off most about pre-sequel. Um, I mean, pre-sequel had some fairly niche Australian humour. Mm. However, I have friends from Australia, so that was no problem. <laughs> Pickle and Eliza's <laughs> accents, however. Oh. I mean, I know part of it was probably actually just lampooning people doing Mockney accents, but holy <laughs> shit. Honestly, there is a limit. <laughs> I could not wait to get them out of the game. They were the thing that gave me the most <laughs> about the entire game. Everything else was peachy keen because it was Borderlands, but no, bloody pickle. It, it, went, it went from laughing to, what's that grinding sound? <laughs> Just grinding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Wow. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll keep an eye out for Pickle. Because mm. you've told me that, I think, I, I asked you both before uh, going live as well, that uh, if I want to get the sweary shotgun, which is a wonderful feature of Borderlands pre-sequel, I have to do a mission for Pickle. So I'm going to have to yeah. put mm. up with them for a little bit, I guess. I was so pleased in Borderlands 3 that they have continued with the long-standing now tradition of talking guns. <laughs> yeah, the, the is it the handsome jackhammer? Yeah, in particular, the <laughs> yeah. handsome yeah. jackhammer. But even just like what? the ones that turn into turrets when you reload them, and it's just yeet. <laughs> so the handsome jackhammer is a submachine gun yes. that will talk to you as handsome jack. Yes, right? it has a handsome jack AI. Although we're not sure it's actually an AI. If you listen to some of the lines, it actually uh, yeah. it, it tells you that it's not an AI. It is Jack. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I found that multiple times. I yeah. love using that gun yeah. just for the lines he comes out with. Oh, superb, superb, excellent, fantastic! Well, yeah, I'll have to let you know. I, I I have enjoyed it so far, but I haven't changed any of the equipment that she's carrying around that Nisha's carrying around yet because I really like the six shooter that she starts out with and the sniper rifle. Is it a Jacobs one? Oh, probably. Yes, yes it is. Yeah. Yeah, they're both they're both yeah. Jacobs, because uh, essentially the sniper rifle is a six shooter as well, isn't it? It's just mm. got a long scope and yeah. barrel. So, yeah, I haven't wanted to change any of the weapons out. Although he keeps throwing weapons at me, and I'm like, no, all of the stats point in the downward direction. No, I don't want that. Go away. <laughs> it'll it'll learn eventually. Quick lessons. Yeah, you learn that some stats are better than others. No, no, like like I'm looking at them, and they all they're all they've all got red down arrows on them. Not just like one or two. Every single one. So maybe I'm just so, not very lucky. I don't know. S- some weapons you come across in the game, especially the the rare ones, so purple or gold ones, you're not essentially looking at the main stats. You're looking at the red lettering underneath because mm-hmm. every weapon will have a unique thing that they do. Yes. So the Egon, which is the second major mission with Pickle, it's very low attack rate, but because it's a constant laser, it's like it multiplies damage the more you hit someone. Sure. And if you mix that Manisha skill, you can take down people in seconds. It's fantastic. Okay. That's how she becomes a very spammy character, running fast. Everyone else mops up afterwards. Yeah. Really good. Really Bring, bringing uh, the phrase Disco Inferno really to life. <laughs> yep. Okay. I suppose I'll have to wait and, and find the, out. The Egon's a fire weapon. Oh, right. Okay. Ben, baby, Ben. Yeah, okay. I get yeah. it. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> mm. Awesome. Okay. Um, so with all of that being said, um, 
I think it's 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 time to talk about the uh, the main topic. How we exit this? Yeah. How do we get away from this, Jamie? Just stop recording. Leave us alone. It's Saturday morning. <laughs> we want to go back to bed. No. Um. So yeah. I personally second that. That's it, right? <laughs> it's been <laughs> eighty-four years. <laughs> I know, right? We started recording this way. I haven't had a bowel movement in privacy. <laughs> we started recording this when Squidward was a baby, and Jamie's been waffling on so long. No, um, but yes. So that the one of the main topics that I thought we could talk about today is like the hidden gems in like the canon of video gaming, right? So like there are millions of games out there, and and as a real example. I've pulled up Wikipedia's list of ZX Spectrum games. The ZX Spectrum has a confirmed list of 1,728 video games, right? Confirmed kill. That's it, right? But that's just confirmed because <laughs> like, the majority of the games in that sort of era were people building stuff in their bedrooms and sending it off to a publisher to be published, right? So there's still games being discovered now that weren't that well uh, advertised and weren't dumped onto ROM sites and stuff like that. So... At the moment, there are 1,700 games for it. But that what I'm getting at is this was back when video gaming wasn't a, as huge of an industry as it is right now, right? So that gives you some kind of idea of just how many potential video games there are. Now, obviously, a lot of them will have been ported, but that gives you a great idea of just how many games there are in the whole world, right? And because of that... Did, did, did you notice in that list, it's about halfway down, did you notice that... Someone's ported Skyrim. Oh, no, oh dear. Um, um, no, it's not. But it won't. It won't surprise me. It runs on everything else, and there's ports for everything else. So <laughs> it won't surprise me if someone tries. This joke brought to you by. No, um, <laughs> I'm just but, trying to picture the sprites for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Todd Howard talking at you, saying how awesome fast travel is. Oh dear, you guys have mobile phones, right? Um, so <laughs> the problem is that there are that many video games. <laughs> I really tried not to laugh. I, I'll just let it rip, I don't care anymore. So there are that many video games that it's so easy to miss a, a game that should be a classic or that you think is a classic or whatever. When it's mixed in with the almost weekly release of the brown gray shooters and sports games with slight roster changes right so that's what we're going to be talking about those hidden gems within the canon of those games in fact there's an early episode that we recorded with jay-z where he actually says it's like you guys live in a dimension that's next to mine but not the same because you always talk about games i've never heard of right so what i thought we could do is we could each as long as we've done it, uh, <laughs> bring uh, three, maybe three to five games that we think are hidden gems that maybe other people um, haven't had a chance to try out or whatever, um, and sort of discuss them and talk about why they're so great or why we think other people should play them. Um, I have three and three honorable mentions, and I know Squidge was kind of rushing to get his list finalized just before we started. Um, and actually, uh, he said he actually said to us, "I tried to type honourable into my notes and typed horrible." <laughs> no, horrible. horrible. That's no. it. So yeah. that gives you some kind of idea of how uh, well prepared we are. But um, yeah. So what about if we go around the uh, around the virtual room and talk about our uh, honourable mentions? In can I go first? Yes. Right. It's just to get some in before you do. That's all. Uh, okay. Fair enough. Zero AD. Ooh. Ooh. 
I don't know if that was on your list. I don't really care if it was, but I'm getting in. It, it, yeah, okay. No, I agree. Absolutely. It is one of my honorable mentions, but yes. Um, zero AD, absolutely. Um, I, I, have you heard of this, G? I, no. Ah, okay. I'm not sure that I have anyway. Okay. Uh, well, so the, the sort of elevator pitch that I would use is zero AD is a, it's an RTS, right? Along the lines of like an age of empires or, um, empire earth, that kind of build up your civilization style of RTS with the whole micromanaging and stuff. Mm. Um, but that it takes place in a period of time that doesn't exist, right? If you look back at your, at the, uh, at least the Western calendar based on the Gregorian calendar, we have BC years going up all the way up to, um, one BC and then it switches over to one AD, right? So it's this fictional year that never existed hmm. and it's set in sort of like the, well, I mean, they've, they've released official mods for it that put you in all the different areas of the world. So I was going to say it's set in like the, the pan European area that most, um, RTSs of the same genre put you in, you know, that sort of Greece, uh, Italy, France, Germany, Spain sort of area. Um, but they've actually the, the the official dev team have released it, released actual uh, additions to the game that put you in, say, the Americas or Far East Asia or Africa, and and you can pit yourself against all of these different cultures. But the main selling point for me, the main selling point of the game for me, is that it's absolutely free. Like it's free, open source. You could do what you want with it. But it is it's gorgeous to look at. Like when I when I told Squidge about it, because we uh, I don't know what the schedule for these episodes is going to be off the top of my head, but we have actually interviewed one of the developers behind it. And when I told Squidge, I was like, "You have to go play this game, so we know what to say to him." And he was like, "Okay." And he starts playing, and I just got a text message with, "There's f- clouds in this game," because like as you zoom out, the camera goes back through like the atmosphere, and you can mm. see. The- like the clouds moving across and and uh, obstructing your view, but you can also then zoom all the way in and look at like individual people's faces. It is it is gorgeous. Now, because you're slightly bunged up at the moment, you almost <laughs> you almost had me when you told me that Squidge had told you that there were f- clowns in this game. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's a mod. It has to be. Imagine the special army units as clowns. Send I'd be into that. <laughs> Do it. War elephant. With war elephant. Yeah. Well, Stan, if you're listening, that's a mod you've got yeah, to go create. War, war elephants, those pachyderms that fire peanuts. Yes. You know. <laughs> special, special unit. No, of course. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I I don't normally play RTSs. My, my last RTS was uh, Command and Conquer on the Saturn, of all things. And um, I figured out how to um, stop the enemy from harvesting Tiberium, having one of your harvesters follow theirs. Yep, set it so to you guard. Amassed, yeah, you, 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 you amass a button of Tiberium, and then I usually played as not the bad guy, so I played as the GDI forces. So if you looked at the mini-map, it was like an angry bee swarm going towards a very primitive Could you still um, blind-build barbed wire fence? Because that was one of the great Mm -hmm. cheats. If you knew the map and knew roughly where your opponent would be spawning, you could blind-build with barbed wire fence on the mini-map. 
So without having actually scouted the map and unveiled, you know, removed the fog of war, um, you could blind build your way down to the base with barbed wire and then just plant a guard tower there. <laughs> and it would get destroyed fairly quickly, but you could then just keep yeah. doing that. And between that and setting your stealth tank to guard um, a, a Tiberium harvester, those are the two great, uh, annoying ways to win the match. So, so good. I never knew about the um, the the barbed wire fence thing. I think that must have been a PC one because you, you couldn't blind build on console. As, uh, not on the Saturn. Oh, you couldn't do it with that. anything else. It was just the barbed wire. And then once you... Nah, I never knew about that one. Uh, I'm tempted to well, try it. Yeah, right? Give it a go. <laughs> Give it a go. <laughs> but yeah, um, the only RTS I ever played was the original Command and Conquer and... The, the zero AD, there's not because re- it's like a, an ongoing thing. Um, there's not really a campaign mode. It's more like skirmishes that you set things to. You can play with other people. You can you can have it where you just build stuff up. There don't have to be an ending um, achievement, you know, to go towards. You can you can do stuff like death matches. You can build a wonder and have it for so long. You know, you can build up so many levels of civilization, and then you win. I just went into it fiddling about and without knowing it, I spent six hours in the game and I didn't even realize. And for for me, for that to happen with me, especially for not realizing it's, it's quite rare because I'm, I'm really aware of what I'm doing in a game and what time it is. I just got that lost. It's not just the graphics, the music's beautiful as well. I I could listen to that music all day. It's if you ever get chance and you just want to, chill out for a number of hours and not realize or have a game to play and occasionally tab away from it to do discord or something it's definitely worth it it's very it's therapeutic in a way especially if you're like me you have to get stuff precisely right it has to be in line and it has to be built in a certain way and i mean just learning the mechanics can take about an hour but once you know them it's it's very quick after that but yeah, if you haven't played it, I'd definitely recommend it because it is one of those hidden gems. Some people know about it, but I don't think people enough people know about it. I think it should be put out there more. I think, to be honest, I think it's it's pretty well known in sort of like the open source software community because it's a great example of how you can have so that there is no there is a company, but the people who work on the game are like literally distributed around the world and anyone can work on it. If you think, oh, wow, I know how to write shaders or something, or I'm a 3D modeler and I can model something from, I don't know, some civilization, you can just give them the 3D model and they'll implement it into the game, right? And because it's such a hugely distributed team working on lots of different parts of the code, and like they've been going since, so the original version of it was uh, Age of Empires 2, Age of Empires 2 came out and they started as like a total conversion mod and everything that they've done since then has been kept. And I think Age of Empires 2 came out early 2000s, right? And It's a good 20 yeah, years. They're still only at version 0.9. They're not happy with what, what they've done with it so far. And 
like I said, considering it's free, it is wonderful. And it captures, it has a full tech tree for every civilization that's built into it. It's got all of the 3D models. Um, I've actually pasted uh, in the app that we're using right now, there's a chat function. I've pasted a link to the um, free to, to grab um, soundtrack. I mean, the soundtrack is provided with the game. So if you install it, you can grab the files. But I've pasted the uh, the link there. It's on uh, Bandcamp, I think. And you can, I think it's one of them pay what you want, but you could just sit and stream it forever if you wanted. Um, but yeah, I totally agree with you, Scrooge. That is one that I think not very many people uh, have heard of. And like I said, we interviewed the, uh, the, the developer, one of the developers who've worked on it. So if that's already out, check the show notes. If not, then you'll just have to wait. <laughs> And uh, yeah, it's a uh, the other thing as well. It's cross-platform, right? So it's PC, Mac OS, Linux, Raspberry Pi, and anyone who PS2, Switch. yeah, so, what, guys hacked it on the PS2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're if you're willing to put in a little bit of effort, you can get it running on your console of choice. If you have a console that can run unsigned code, but then once it's running, you could play online against anyone else who's playing on any other format. So if you've got it on Windows and you know someone who's got a Mac, boom, you're playing online. If you're playing on the Raspberry Pi and someone's got it on the PlayStation, boom, you're playing online. It is it is genius. Absolutely. Proper uh, class platform, across platform. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the major companies can learn from yeah, that. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, definitely check that one out. Um, so what about you, G? What about me? Yeah, what about one of your... Um, <laughs> Hidden gems in the whole Assuming you've do, you've looked into this, <laughs> done a bit of research, right? Hmm. I would offer up. Um, I'm not sure how well known the game is, but I see. Well, I've well, that's that's thrown both of you. <laughs> um, I got it when Valve were doing an offer on the Steam Link. And you bought the game for like eight quid, paid an extra pound plus postage and got the Steam link. And that was my principal reasoning behind having the game. And I got it and never bothered to play it for (laughs) eight, nine months. And then stuck it on and it just seemed a kind of side-scrolly bullet hell but not quite uh, use your katana, blah, blah, blah. And it was initially it failed to impress me. So I put it to to one side and then I thought to myself, I didn't really feel that I had given it a good go, a fair crack. So I went back to it a few months later and I played for maybe an hour or so and then the hidden aspects of the game started to kick in wherein it wasn't just this generic sort of slightly Japanized side-scroller it actually well (laughs) the aesthetic was fairly generic I felt yeah and then the narrator starts talking to you and not like just explaining the story. He actually starts talking to you, giving you orders yeah. through the game. Um, and there's something kind of like, um, not in the same way that Stanley Parable has the narrator who who speaks to you and breaks the fourth wall. 
but it does do that yeah. just with a little well with considerably less humor and it's actually quite sort of off-putting slightly threatening and quite <laughs> valuable to the story and it actually made me play it considerably more um especially when he gave you orders to go to specific places within the game and you go directly to the opposite part of the map because that's one of the first things you do isn't it really you know it's the same as like yeah you you get the quest marker to go and find the person over there but you hit junction and there's obviously stuff the other way so you go the other mm. way you, you if you start finding enemies you've gone the wrong way you want to find the empty parts of the map because that's where all the hidden stuff is um oh, yeah. so yeah he he tell you you have to do this you have to go there you have to whatever and i would start being belligerent and completely not doing that and there are repercussions <laughs> across the <laughs> narrative and it's really quite excellent um there's something quite matrixy about it without wishing to spoil too much um it it definitely had a far greater depth um, to the narrative than I had been prepared for. Um, and that change brought about a change in my attitude and made the game incredibly enjoyable for me. And as with many games of that ilk, you can, as you go, you can purchase new skills, you can upgrade, blah, blah, blah. So there's an element of like, you can play it a little bit your way, but not so much as is actually your way. Um, mm. And I really enjoyed it. Um, that that definitely would kind of count for me as, as a, one of the hidden gems, principally because I've never heard any of my friends talking about it. Never. Uh, and when I have spoken about it, I'm generally greeted by the same reaction as I just got off you two, which was kind of <laughs> nonplussed <laughs> silence and like, well, I've never even heard of that. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's something that you might like, particularly you, Squid, you might um, get a kick out of it. And it's probably fairly cheap by now um, on on yeah. Steam. So yeah, give it a look. Give it a little time and see if you can find some love behind that. I'm, I'm always slightly worried when it comes to games where they break a fourth wall. So you've, you've got things like Stanley mm. Parable, uh, the Deadpool game that came out did it mm. quite a lot. The one thing that I'm always worried about is if you sat there playing, can you imagine if you're playing Stanley Parable and he says, and Stanley went left and he went right. And then he goes, no, Stanley went left. And then the next thing he says is, could you also sit up straight? <laughs> Stop fidgeting. Don't pick your nose. And you sort of go, what the hell? That's what I'm always worried about. Even if you throw it in as joke lines, I get so freaked out. How do you know I was slouching? What the hell? It would really freak me out if something like that happened. If my camera isn't on, how does he know? Uh, yeah, even if it's a good man. guess, I slouch anyway. But mm. yeah, that that's the only that's the one major thing that worries me about games that break the fourth wall. <laughs> Sit up straight. Oh God! <laughs> oh. Yeah, it really freaks me out. But yeah, I'll I'll definitely give that one a go because it, it it sounds good. If it's sort of like a, a bullet hell 
side-scrolly sort of. It sounds almost like Metroidvania type by a description. Yeah, yeah, I sp- yeah, I can see where you might get that impression. Yeah, mm. yes, definitely, certainly for the price that I got it at, it was definitely worth it. Definitely, mm. um, that would be a, a beautiful and somewhat aged by now sleeper for me. Um, give it a look. Cool. Um, I, I did uh, do a little bit of uh, super sleuthing as soon as you said it, and uh, apparently it is available on Steam, PS4, Xbox Three, uh, Xbox One, I guess, and Nintendo Switch. So give it a look. It'll be available on something, uh, probably also on the fridge or something. I don't know. Probably. That's scary. <laughs> oh, is it Doom? Uh, yes. That's the calculator. No, the original Doom will run on practically everything because of the way that the code is written. I've said in the past how impressed I am with the code. Did it's- I read something? Um, somebody verify this for me. Did I read somewhere that the there's something to do with the entire original Doom engine is buried within the Doom Eternal um, code? Yeah, that makes sense because you can play the original yeah. Doom in Doom Eternal, so it would make sense that they would that they would include it. Um, and the fact that the original engine, all of the original code for Doom, is available completely for free anyway. Hmm. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes, or I could send you guys a link with the with the uh, app we're using. But yeah, um, you can actually just download the code if you want and read through it. It's not the easiest code to read, but um, for those who are developers, reading through it will make you a better developer. It is that simple. It's um, in Doom Eternal, you can unlock... I, I haven't figured out myself, but in one of the collectibles in each stage, you unlock a floppy disk. And with that, you can engage in past levels with cheat codes. I haven't figured out how to do it yet. But if you get all 12 floppy disks in the tower that you have in space, there is uh, an old-school PC with a square monitor. And if you insert them all, you can play the original Doom with a different face, like bit at the bottom, where it's the new Doom guy's helmet. Um, so you can play the original with the new thing. And it doesn't go full screen. It stays with the original monitor, so you get a really small version of the game you can play, but you can play the original Doom in Doom Eternal. That's I've seen that beautiful. Happen. I haven't unlocked it yet. But that I'm going is to. beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On top of, I don't know if you've seen it, but in Doom Guy's... The fortress um, of palace. It's his fortress in in the in the the Earth's atmosphere. There is a picture if you go to where he keeps his PC and stuff. If you look to the left, there's a picture of him and Daisy, <laughs> his rabbit. He's he sort of stood there in full Doom Guy outfit with Daisy still being alive. Uh, spoiler: If you haven't played the original, but the forces of hell kill Daisy, which causes him to go ballistic and have his vengeance. Um, it's quite a, a horrific image to see after you fight all the things but it's just him stood there like a proper like victorian style portrait in his full doom gear with daisy the rabbit it's brilliant beautiful there's so many little nods to anyway, that's, that's off topic but yeah there's so many little nods to uh everything in the past it's brilliant that's cool that's cool did you see he also has um uh, heavy metal style um uh, posters around his uh his because they're all for um, fake heavy metal albums, and if you walk up to it and, and hit a button, you can it'll play a track from the fake heavy metal album at you. You've got to unlock them. It's yeah, that's what right. once, you, once you've unlocked them. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's the original tunes from the original ah. Doom that you can just start playing and just wander around the the base and still hear it. But yeah, it's like posters on that's the wall. Cool. It's like it's like a, it's like a, a fake 
a fake cover for a metal album, but it's tuned from the original and it's really quite good to run around, looking around because there's tons to explore while listening to the almost you know MIDI slash chip tune of the original games. You know, listening to Dem Bones and you know, E1M1. Dooty doot. Well, when you have a heritage as yeah, rich as Doom, yeah. it would be rude not to make a, a lot of nods back to the originals. Yeah. You have to, don't yeah, you, that's really? That's true. That's true. Cool. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, for me, my first hidden gem, it's its not really... Uh, I mean, it is a hidden gem, but it's not. It's a dirty console game, so, you know, we're probably going to upset you by mentioning it, but it's uh, the original Alien versus Predator for the Atari Jaguar. Now everyone's going to go, but the Atari... Yeah. You will get nothing but nostalgic nods of approval from me for saying that. Oh, good. You, good, you, good. No, there, there's console games and there's console games. And mm. anybody who disapproves of the... Uh, just blows my mind that you could think so low of me. In fact, that I would disapprove <laughs> of your raising this one. Oh. It was mainly because it's a first-person shooter on a console sort of thing. But yeah, um, you know. But yeah, the, I mean, just uh, ignore the fact that the controller is massive. Ignore the fact that the that Atari lied about it being a 64-bit machine when it's just actually two 32-bit processors running in parallel, which technically is 64-bit, but it's not. And another 16-bit uh, processor as well. But anyway, ignore all of that. Imagine a really well-made Alien versus Predator game, right? Now, yeah, imagine just, just that. imagine that, right? Just <laughs> imagine that. Damn! And you're 90% of the way through actually understanding what this game is, right? You can pick from the three uh, creatures, which you can in all of the other Alien versus Predator games that, that have ever come out, except for the SNES one, which was a beat em up. Except that there is an actual storyline, and it's not just run around and shoot stuff. And there is actually a an atmosphere as well. You know, it's not it's not like, hey, there you are, you're armed to the teeth with five thousand weapons, and we're just gonna basically flood you with enemies. And yeah, aren't you bloody awesome? You've survived that. No, there's there's an atmosphere of walking around and trying to discover what's going on. And it's all played in one big chunk. It isn't split into chapters. There's no auto save. There's no checkpoints. There's no nothing. If you die, you've got to start it all again, right? And you have essentially three missions, one mission for each of the creatures. If you're the alien, if you play as the alien, you've got to sneak down to the... Cause so let me explain the setup a little bit better, actually. Uh, the whole thing takes place on a colonial marine training ship, and the Colonial Marine training ship had received a distress call from one ship and it had docked. That's the Predator ship. And then it received another distress signal from another ship. That's the Xenomorph ship. And they had both docked on the same ship and different levels of the ship. So not levels as in, hey, I've done level one, I've done level two, but the actual, like the elevator levels, the different stories, I guess, within the ship have been taken over by different creatures. If you play as the Marine, you are the only Marine left. And your entire goal is get off the ship and set the self-destruct. If you play as the Xenomorph or the alien, the alien queen has been abducted by the Predators and you've got to go rescue the queen by going into the Predator ship, right? If you play as the Predator, then you've got to go into the alien ship and kill the alien queen, right? And it's deceptively simple. And for those, the alien and the Predator, the storyline is very simple. It's 
run through the areas, kill everything, and then kill the queen, or run through the areas, kill everything, and rescue the queen, and you're done. But the 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 marine storyline is is so rich and so deep, and it's all told by via going up to computer terminals and reading. Right, nothing is actually. There's very little um, vocalization in the game, other than like when you get hit or when you pick up certain weapons. Right, that's it. The whole thing is is I don't know. It's it's almost like it's not really spoon fed to you, but it's 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 in drips. Right, so you find out you start the game and you've been put into stasis and you've been brought out of stasis, and that's all you know. And then as you go through it, yeah, I think the first thing you find out is. Is it similar to Doom? You were put into stasis because it was either a training mission or you disobeyed yeah, you, an order. You were put into stasis like for striking a superior officer. You were put into stasis for smuggling aboard a cat. That's it. Do 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 do. No, um, <laughs> but yeah, um, and you have no weapons at the but, beginning of the game. You have no weapons, and you can't get out of the room without there being a xenomorph at the other side of the room. Right. And yes, you've got the janky controls of the huge controller and, and, you know, it's a, it's running on an eight megahertz processor. So it's not super speedy. Um, but it doesn't suffer with frame rate issues and it uses a similar, uh, two and a half D engine to Doom where if you kill something and then walk around the other side of it, the sort of skin of the thing travels around and looks at you and like that kind of thing. Cause you know, <laughs> one side of each skin. I remember but, that well. Yeah. I don't. Th- I think. I think when it came to no, sorry, no. just a quick tangent. When it came to the Jaguar, the only games that suffered with frame rate issues were things like Cybermorph and yeah. Mech games. Any other game, no frame rate issues. So you had your, your fighting games. You had the Doom port. You had Inverse Predator. It was smooth yep. as hell. It was only when it tried to push its capability. So like you had Cybermorph and the giant Mech mm-hmm. games, and one of the racing games mm-hmm. I think had trouble. But everything else was just smooth. And that's if you say that now to someone who plays games, they say, "Oh, there's no frame rate issues." Yeah. <laughs> what? No updates, no day one patches, no frame rate issues. What console is it? Yeah. Where can I get one from? You know, because it's unheard of mm-hmm. these days. You know, frame it drops like three frames per second. That's just a PS3 and then, special. And then you know, someone but, has like I don't understand how people have the ability to see these frame rate issues. Right, just because I've I've not sat there and gone, I'll play a game that has known frame rate issues and keep watching for it. I'm like, no, I'm just going to play a game and have loads of fun. If it has frame rate issues, well, so what? I'll go do that, you know. But yeah, Alien vs Predator, a really good mm-hmm. choice. I, it was also the fact that when we got it back in the day, when when the the cardboard box and the yeah. and everything, there was someone had put a piece of paper and it was like the unlock yep. everything mode, right? So you could you put it in, and once you did it, you had a predator laugh. You unlocked everything. So infinite health, um, with with the marines, especially infinite health, all weapons, all mm-hmm. key cards, and the main story of the the marine was you were supposed to collect all of these these weapons and get the key cards. But the key cards would take you through every yep. area of the ship, so you'd end up taking on predators. You end up either trying to you actually had to kill the alien queen mm-hmm. to get one of the keys, and one of the things you had to do was you had to set a self-destruct, remember where where to go, so in the elevators, where to go to get to an escape pod. Now, if you set the self-destruct and used a command where you just skipped floors, you would never mm-hmm. get out in time at all. You had to wipe out the entire place, yeah. essentially, memorize the route, and then go to that route and get out. If you tried to cheat, mm-hmm. you'd never win. 
And I think that's a really novel concept. They, they brought it in for the Alienverse Predator 2000, where if you cheated, you couldn't advance a level, which was only really useful for the Marine. Well, the Marines was the only one that anyone ever had trouble with. The Predator was quite easy, and the Alien, you just ran everywhere. It was... It, it almost gave me motion sickness playing the aliens because he, he was so quick and you could run up walls and stuff. But it was definitely a game where if if you tried to play it properly for the story, for the Marine especially, mm. you couldn't win unless you memorised the layout. And I mean, I remember when when Jay came around and I was actually drawing mm. out maps because he, he tried to play it normally and kudos to him, he completed it. It took a while and I was drawing out a map and I was telling him where to go and... We, I think you made it with like ten seconds to go. Like that, didn't yeah, it? That, that. Oh, it was it was close to the knuckle. He barely escaped. You know. Imagine playing a game like Doom, right? It doesn't have uh, level endings. It doesn't have auto save. It doesn't have anything like that. And um, and it is one straight shoot all the way through to the end, and you get killed at seven hours fifty nine minutes. <laughs> you can manually save, but it's whether you remember to save, right? <laughs> I, th- I think the table that I'd flip would fly into all yep, at that point. Yep, yep. I just remember that in an era before everybody had 7.1 surround sound, there was nothing on this earth was scarier than that fucking predator. Mm-hmm. Hearing yeah. that creeping around and the fact that it didn't just do like classic sort of, her, 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 I'm the bad guy, I'm going to scare you and then get you. It would creep around for like five, ten minutes, and you just hear this in the background. Yeah, and then eventually, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, God, yeah, the whispering. I, like, yeah. I remember, I remember um, sitting playing. Was it Doom Two with friends, and we had it. So we were both playing with headsets on in the dark with the monitor. Well, with the the TVs back to back. So we couldn't see what was going on on the other person's screen. Couldn't hear anything outside our own game. And that had some really good atmospherics. So it was, you know, that was a pretty you up experience, but still to this day, nothing is going to be that predator. Mm-hmm. Hands down. Oh. It was just uh, astonishing. You could, I remember the first time I encountered it, still 30-odd years on, stood in my mate Tim's bedroom, full daylight, on his old TV, no headphones, nothing. And it was just, it was incredible, that predator. Oh, oh. That stood about mm. nine foot tall. The sprite was yeah. huge, wasn't it? And it was, it was a classic case of, you know, you, you you fought the predator. They had everything they could throw the 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 disc at you. Use the combi stick, whatever it's called. Use the shoulder cannon. You play as the predator, and you had to unlock that mm. by killing stuff because it was an honor system, wasn't it? You had to unlock a certain amount of honor to unlock it, and it was it was a right pain because until you unlocked anything, you just had a a yeah, wrist mounted blade, and you just go and stab people, <laughs> which was odd. Ugh. But yeah, that predator, the original troll, what a dick, mm. but in the best way. <laughs> it was so well thought out. Absolutely. Yep. Oh. Yep, definitely. Especially yep. for the time as well. Everything being released, you know. Definitely one of the the brightest jewels in the hidden gem of well, the Atari I mean, Jaguar. 
one of the brightest it I mean, has to it be. Is the, uh, we talk about Keller apps, right? So a Keller app is something like, why should I buy this thing? Well, there's this one thing that is only available on that one thing. And it is seen as the Keller app for the Jaguar. It yeah. almost never came out mm-hmm. as well, which is ridiculous. Really? <laughs> yeah. How? Why? Well, they got most of the way through it and then tried to, instead of going, let's finish it on the Jaguar and then port it to the Lynx, they tried to port it directly to the Lynx and trashed a bunch of the code and files and oh, that's what we created. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not but it was, um, it was also, I think, about a year late as well because uh, they had to actually draft in mm-hmm. folks from Atari to help come and fin- finish it off because the folks at... Um, I think then, yeah, it's now Rebellion. So the folks who now have, I mean, this one game, right? Set up the that that one um, games developer, and now they own Judge Dread, right? Mm-hmm. That's the people who made this game. They own Judge Dread. They don't just oh, well, we've licensed it. They have bought the company that make Judge Dread, and they're talking about potentially making Judge Dread or rather 2080 um, properties. Like they've built a film studio. Mm. <laughs> you know oh. genius yeah. but and and in in the canon of judge dread who hasn't he fought exactly exactly predator alien superman um deadpool I'm Jeff. Sure, you know he's fought batman he's fought death mm-hmm. i don't think he's fought the care yeah. bears that's the crossover Give we need that's it we, mm. yeah it's yeah. not the one we deserve <laughs> Intro music is Among the Stars by Muse Station Productions. Outro music is I Need You Watashi no Sabate by GH. Spoiler break music is Spectrum Subdiffusion Mix by Phonics. Palette cleanser music is Breathe Deep, Breathe Clear by Siobhan Dagay. See the show notes for more details. The Waffling Tailors podcast is a proud member of the J&J Media Network. To find out more about J&J Media, head over to jayandjay.media or check the show notes for a link.